Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I am excited because we're talking about the Minneapolis election. There's a lot to learn, a lot to know, and a lot to study. And check it out. Learn as much as you can about every every candidate. Uh, There are quite a few. The Minneapolis election is less than two weeks away, and we are hearing a lot about the battle that is rising in the race for Minneapolis mayor. There are 17 candidates for Minneapolis mayor, I believe, and uh, wow, um, that's a lot. Well, AJ, uh, who is also running, he is a candidate. Candidate AJ Awed is a Somalian-born law degree candidate, and he has put up impressive fundraising numbers and held his own on Almanac's mayoral debate on Friday night. He is joining us now. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Joe. Thank you for joining us. May I call you AJ? Yes, that would be awesome. Okay. Um, You know, the bottom line is a lot of people are thinking about uh, creating this model of public safety, the two questions that are on the ballot this year. And sometimes candidates get quieted down because everyone's screaming about those two questions. Are you finding a way to be seen and heard well? Um, Yes. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have a great staff, great volunteer base, um, and we're just on the ground talking to voters. Um, We, we, as you said, raised a great amount of money in the first round, and and that's put us in a position where we could really be independent, have the staff to really send our message to voters. So um, we're, we're able to do that. But, you know, as we're on the field every day, I mean, most voters do have public safety top on their mind, and rightfully so. So that is the topic we do engage most of the time. You know, on your website, you were quoted saying, we must create a new model of public safety. And I want to know, who is we and how are we to get this done? Yes, that is the million-dollar question for the current Charter Amendment. The question should be, uh, where was the we of Minneapolis? I mean, I think... Uh, for me personally, and the message that I've been sending to everybody in the city, uh, the city has to own this transformation. It cannot be bought and it could not be pressured from the outside. It has to be organic. And on top of that, I think it is fair to say that there has been a total breakdown in trust between the city and its law enforcement apparatus. But in particular, I think the reason why that is, is because communities of color, but specifically the black community in particular, still is denied dignity and I would say the, the decency of humanity to be able to be policed accordingly. And, and, and that's the big issue. And to do that, we need communities of color front and center and their voices centered uh, and making sure to lead on this transformation because ultimately uh, whatever 
comes out of it. Uh, we would hope that there are better uh, equitable, I would say, policing for communities of color and that they are treated with the same dignity, the same exact restraint that the uh, officers in law enforcement culture currently does to our broader neighbors of, of white descent. I'm curious to know why you keep saying they when you are really part of we. Say that again, why I say they is in the... Yeah, the you talk members. about they. That, no, you talk about they as in the members of, you know, the, the voters of Minneapolis and the voters of this and the voters of that. You call them we. Uh, and I guess I'm trying to say you are part of we, or you'll say they. Yeah. But you are you are a part of us. You are a man of color oh. as well. And so I'm oh, just curious to know... Yeah, so when you're looking through that lens as a, a candidate, I'm sure it looks a little different from the man that is the voter. Tell me a little oh, bit 100. about that. No, I mean, I, I think you hit it on the head really well there. I mean, I am a person of color, specifically a black man. Uh, and that lived experience, I think, oftentimes is undermined and not valued. Uh, I think it, in particular when we're talking about this dignity aspect, this, this redemption for policing for communities of color, um, our lived experiences matter. I mean, I think we, we have the vantage point. I was, you know, uh, in my earlier adolescence, I would say a troubled child, uh, but also seeing the true face of policing uh, in, in black neighborhoods, particularly in the north side where I was raised and later in the south side. And for me, um, I think that that is beneficial for the community. Cultural competence uh, is missed, I think, uh, that nuance in our political culture. Uh, Nakima Levy-Armstrong back in 2017, I think, was making the clear case that the next mayor of Minneapolis does have to have these cultural competencies, not to only to just speak to the broader community on the policy implementations, but also specifically to the very diverse communities. And, and for me in particular, when, when we talk about and I talk about the we, uh, I mean, I think, you know, the, the Minneapolis would benefit. Now, I personally am a black man, but I can't only be the representative voice for black people. And I think that validation for the system does have to come from that collective we, as in, you know, communities of color in the city of Minneapolis, but also the broader community uh, together working hand in hand to actually bring up uh, about uh, a policing system in the Department of Public Safety that has inherent trust, right? Without that inherent trust, the culture doesn't change, uh, and we won't really have a system that is for everyone. We would have a, a container that some of these candidates continue to argue that we need, but it would be an empty one, and, and I think we would be pretty much back in the same place. And that's why I think how we get to the new Department of Public Safety is and should be uh, a, a priority and a paramount concern for anyone that's really looking to transform the MPD. As, as I've said in the past, I am looking to definitely overhaul. I don't think the current mayor's position on having MPD and having the simple performs is accurate, um, but um, that transformation has to be done dil uh, diligently and delicately, and it has to be, I think, led by communities of color. And I would be, you know, I think in a great place to champion that, and that's why I decided to run, because th those voices uh, in particular are not being given, I would say, the breadth of attention that need, that the city needs to give in terms of actually moving on the, on this issue. Okay, so that was a lot, and I really appreciate what you said. I had little trinkets of truth in there, and I'm just curious. I just want to make sure that I am clear that you are for the question of public safety, or are you against the whole idea? No, no, no. So let me make this very clear to the audience and, and hopefully the broader community. 
AJ Awet is opposed to question two on the ballot. So I would I would urge everyone to vote no on question two because question two right now with all the uncertainties, but for me on, on, on more of that fundamental basis for communities of color actually having their voices heard and having a significant part of this discussion, um, that was missed. I mean, they were promised 18 months of engagement and that never happened. I'm an executive director of one of the most dense neighborhood associations in Cedar Riverside with a huge footprint of East Africans and, and black immigrants, yet we never were reached out to. And that, to me, should, should raise concerns for everybody in the city of Minneapolis who's really looking to build trust in this new Department of Public Safety. Just moving on and just executing on this new Department of Public Safety, ignoring the same voices in the same communities that triggered the uprising, I think, I think is a disservice to the community at large, a disservice to communities of color, and is not going to bring about that transformative change that we're really looking for and calling for. It's just going to be another police structure and name um, with no real trust built in because those communities' voices, again, have been ignored. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, um, I want to ask you about the recent Almanac debate. You were a part of that. And I am not surprised the money that was put aside for essential workers has yet to be put in the hands of those workers. I said it immediately when I heard about it. I think it's 200 something million dollars. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so what is the definition of essential worker anymore? Because now they're trying to pile on more and more of, of these essential workers, and who is defining it, and where do you stand on this? Uh, I mean, so, I, I mean, I'll be quite honest with you with, within that current conversation. I'm not following much on it. I mean, I think that the, the loose definitions are, are being guided internally, um, and if that's the case, I mean, I think, I mean, most of these funding sources, you know, do have a, a condition to it <laughs> with the feds. I mean, that's usually how it works. Um, so, I mean, the feds is usually really controlling that, the general parameters, and everything after that is really, you know, subject to the discretion of the municipality or the or the or the benefactor of that of those funds. So, um, I mean, that would fall directly on the shoulders of Jacob Fry <laughs> um, and the city council, and and I think it's really disappointing. I mean, I think there should be more done, and for me, I think again, my perspective. I don't I don't purport to be a politician. I don't purport to be an expert in bureaucracies. What I purport to be is a professional trained in mediation, and I think communities communities and the neighborhood-centric perspective that this you know, municipality should really embrace, uh, I think would give a lot of direction to how these fundings should be actually, I say, allocated. But is there any space for that? Is there any room for us to get all the information that we need? The, the meetings that you guys have are so short. Uh, it just blows my mind uh, how different government looks today than it did in the 1970s even. Um, and so my, my biggest concern is when we think about these big ideas and we want to move forward, right, uh, whether it's the city council or whomever, when you want to move forward, you have to move forward fast because there's not a whole lot of time to waste and, and before all of a sudden everything is put to the side and go, oh, we'll get to that in four years or we'll get to that sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, time is of the essence, I think, for government, generally speaking. I mean, we're trying to do the work of the people. Um, but, you know, I think right now with all the funding that's coming in that there should be, I think, a lot of execution that should be a lot quicker. But 
I would also caution the city of Minneapolis. I think short-term fixes aren't the way forward. I think for me, what I'm calling on the city is really, really bracing ourselves to pick up our own weight, uh, really looking forward to saying how could we actually, as a city, you know, have the budget practice and the taxing practice to ensure that we actually provide for these programs. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm actually really focusing on, hopefully given the opportunity to, to get more taxing authority for the city of Minneapolis, uh, because ultimately the scarcity mentality harms, I think, um, working class communities and, and communities of color. Um, and, and to me, I think that's something that's that we shouldn't be moving forward to. I think, at least in my perspective, um, if, 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 if the city is fortunate to actually, you know, obviously elect AJ Awen, we're getting a lot of support. I mean, we, we would be looking to obviously transform how we even, you know, tax in the city, looking to tax luxury apartments in the city of Minneapolis so that we can actually not have the scarcity mentality. Okay, so here's the thing for me. In your community, God bless you, um, you guys have a lot of entrepreneurs. Many of the people that live in the Somali communities uh, all over Minneapolis uh, really are entrepreneurs. They work for themselves. Their children are trained. Your children are trained to, to become entrepreneurs as well. Other communities of color, not necessarily. Um, and so how do you see that affecting your numbers uh, when it comes to running for mayor? Are you talking to others in, you know, South Minneapolis, North Minneapolis, all over the place, are you going to see everyone, especially the communities of color, to talk to them about entrepreneurship and where they can go, where you see where they can go? Oh, thank you for that question, because I think this is this is a question that I love to talk about. Uh, I think my intersectionality between cultures um, to answer the question shortly. I mean, I've been everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm campaigning every day in the southwest, all throughout the city of Minneapolis, north side, northeast. I mean, I'm fortunate to have a really good canvassing team. Uh, so we, we are everywhere. Um, and for me, though, in particular, when we're talking about youth empowerment and, and, and black communities in particular, uh, I mean, I think, you know, the messenger matters in those conversations, right? I think inspiration matters. Uh, in particular, the East African community really benefits from having those really deep community connections um, and, and being able to fundraise together. I mean, that's how, you know, we were able to do it in this campaign. And for me, I think that that should be translated. And I think communities of color do need to have, you know, cooperation. I mean, and, and for me, what I'm looking for is to have those cultural exchanges. How do we, how do we empower each other, right? And I think uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there uh, with the right, credible, I would say, leader that can really bridge those gaps. Uh, I, you know, for me, my identity is black first, uh, Somali second. And I think for many individuals uh, in my generational bracket, that is the case. Uh, and that affinity to, I would say, the broader Eidos community in our generation, I think has the potential to really create a political uh, culture for black people at large to really be, I think, you know, a voice to be respected uh, and hopefully interest to be met. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to do. This is not just about, I would say, empowerment on, you know, A.J. Awed becoming the mayor and delivering for the citywide, I think it's also showing our kids, you know, how how to be able to be in positions and be able to create, you know, develop communities uh, being in these positions. And I think having that opportunity, I would be able to impact communities of color in ways I think other candidates that are currently running just 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 lack the, the, the capacity to do.
If you are, and this is my final question, if you um, are you know, fortunate to become the mayor, uh, in fact, the first Somali mayor of Minneapolis, I'm just curious to know what will be the first thing you're going to work on, the very first thing. Oh, community relations. I mean, I think, I think, you know, first and foremost for me, you know, we have to get the city's political culture right. I mean, there is a reason why we are second worst ranked city in racial disparities. And that ultimately comes down to the political culture that I have, have, I have witnessed during this campaign and in my, you know, I would say in my professional career. I mean, and, and there's something to be said about that. And I think I sit in a position where I can, you know, mediate some of that, you know, performative nature of the of I would say some of our progressive friends in the city to really start delivering on the work uh, and not just talking about things to feel good but really to start you know addressing these root causes and um, building these coalitions I remind myself all the time the city is progressive and what we need is to be able to start actually working on these goals rather than you know slinging mud on each other as if as if you know we're, we don't have the same agenda. Well, I am curious to know how you will use your law degree um, as a, if you were mayor. I'm curious to know how you will bring all the communities together because at this point we are very separated. Um, it, it's very difficult to bring these communities together of color. And I'm really hoping there is someone that will be able to do that. I know Jacob Fry, our mayor, our current mayor, has tried um, very hard to try to bring some communities together, but communities of color still have a real challenge in coming together. So I do. Um, wish that you spend a lot of time on doing that because it is so important. A.J. Awood, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you very much for having me, Jalen. I appreciate it. If people want more information and want to go on your website, what is it? It is going to be Awood, A-W-E-D, for the number four mayor.org. That's A-W-E-D dash no i'm sorry a w e d the let, the number 4 and then mayor.org all right sir thank you so much for taking the time thank you very much t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.